This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, that's great. Did you get your Christmas lights up yet? You don't even want to get me started on this. What do you mean? Matt got all the Christmas decorations down out of the attic like he always does. And for those of you who don't know, my husband goes like crazy Clark Griswold on the front of our house, but like super white trash and as many colors and different things as you can find. (laughs) They want to have Santa to have like a landing spot. Yeah, it's pretty obnoxious. And it was like a huge fight when we first got married. So anyway... He pulls down all the Christmas decorations out of the attic. We got them all in the garage and we're deciding which ones we're putting out this year and which ones we aren't and stuff. And after we're done, he kind of looks at him. And you know what this motherfucker said to me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did he say we need more lights? No. Oh. He said, what do you think about just doing simple, like all white lights this year? Oh, Like just simple. All white lights? Yeah, I said, what do you think about getting your own apartment? <laughs> because this was a huge fight with us when we first bought our house. Like, because I just wanted simple, classy white lights, you know? And yeah, he, I remember that. Yeah, I remember it took me like two years to not be like deathly embarrassed of the front of our house at Christmas. And now this motherfucker pulls them all down. <laughs> and he's like, maybe we should just go with white lights. I'm like, wow. Wow. Wow is right. Because you guys have a lot of stuff, too. It's not just, okay, put a strand up and, you know, deck the halls. It's a whole thing. I know. And I was like, what? Where is my husband? What did you do with him? (laughs) And he's like, people grow, babe. People mature. He did not say that. You were 40. He did say that. And I was like, you were 40 when you bought this polar bear Coca-Cola pop-up thing. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on with Matt, but we do not have any Christmas decorations on the front of our house because obviously something's happening with his brain. (laughs) What you guys do all weekend then? That was like the big thing you were going to do was decorate. You had the whole family over. There was no time for decorating. So... (laughs) I don't even know what that means. No, we just hung out. We had a good time. Oh. But that's probably why this episode is going to be really late. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think it's well worth the wait. Yep. All right. Well, now that we got all that out of our systems because we haven't talked to each other in like three days. <laughs> At least. Yeah. So we're going to the Midwest for this one, Grant. Okay. I can dig the Midwest. Where in the Midwest? Iowa and Nebraska. Oh, wow. It doesn't get much more Midwest than that. Nope. So this case starts in 2012 with a guy named Dave Krapa, and he and his girlfriend Amy have been together for like 12 years, and they have two kids. They're not married, but they've been together a long time, and they decide that it's time to separate, that they don't want to be together anymore. It's unfortunate. Yeah, but it happens. Sure. And they're splitting up, but they're doing their best to like co-parent and all that kind of stuff with their young children that they have together. And Amy lives in Council Bluffs, Iowa with their kids. So Dave moves to Omaha, Nebraska and gets a job as a manager of an auto repair shop. He's like a mechanic. And Omaha is like right across the Missouri River 
from Council Bluffs, Iowa. It's like right on the border of Iowa and Nebraska. Okay. So it's like 15 minutes from his ex and their kids. It's not like he moved. He did move out of state, but it's not like he moved across the country. So he moves into one of these single dad apartments. He's just trying to figure out his life, buy furniture, you know, be on his own for the first time pretty much as an adult Mm -hmm. because he's only like 35. That's pretty young. Yeah. So 12 years with a significant other, he's never really been like, you know, single as an adult. So naturally, he downloads plenty of fish. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Yeah. Been there plenty of times. (laughs) Yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, Plenty of Fish is a dating app, but it's mostly for like hookups. It's not for like real serious relationships. Oh, I was... I was looking for my wife on that. No wonder it didn't work out. So it's okay. We found her. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But Dave starts meeting women on there and a lot of women. And he's pretty upfront and honest about where he's at. Like he just wants casual relationships, nothing serious. You know, he's going through this pretty, you know, significant breakup and he's on his own for the first time and he does not want to get right back into a serious relationship. So one of the first women that he meets off this Plenty of Fish is a woman named Shanna Elizabeth Goyer, but she goes by Liz. So if I accidentally say Shanna at all in this episode, it's- It's Liz. The same. It's Liz. Same girl. She goes by her middle name. He and Liz hit it off and they start seeing each other more and more, but he's still really open and honest with her that he is seeing other women and that she should too. That makes sense. Yeah. And Liz seems kind of bummed about that. Like she kind of thought they were heading in more of a serious relationship, but she can't be that upset because he was honest with her from the get-go. Turns out, we'll find out later, she actually lives with her boyfriend. So I don't know what her plan there would have been. If he had wanted to be exclusive, but whatever. (laughs) Exclusively not exclusive. Yeah. So for the next couple of months, things are going really well for Dave. He meets a lot of women and he's still dating Liz too and just having fun. Then in the fall of 2012 in October, a woman walked into his repair shop because she drove a Ford, so it needed to be repaired. He said that she was beautiful and there was like a spark or something there, like right from the get-go when she was telling him what was wrong with her car. They got closer and closer and he said he could just like feel the attraction. But he didn't want to ask her out at work because if she wasn't interested, he didn't want to seem unprofessional or make her uncomfortable or anything like that. So he didn't ask her out and she leaves. But a few weeks later, he's browsing on Plenty of Fish and he came across the same woman. Oh, Yeah, and her name was Carrie Farver. She was 37, a single mom of a 14-year-old son named Max, and she lived in Macedonia, Iowa, which was like an hour outside of Omaha, but she worked in Omaha as a computer programmer. I've heard of Ma- of Omaha, but Macedonia, that is, that's a mouthful for Iowa, man. Macedonia, yeah. Iowa. It's just a lot. I wouldn't think they'd have a, a city named Macedonia. Yep. More like Creek Street, Iowa. I would think they would have Creek Street, but <laughs> but not Macedonia. Yeah. That's great. Good job, Iowa. So he messages her and he's just like, hey, I know you, you know, and like starts up conversation. And she writes back and apparently she had told some friends of hers that she had met this guy at the auto repair shop and he was totally not her type. Like he had tattoos and a beard and- He was rough and tumble. was not her type. Yeah. He was, sounds like he was in a motorcycle gang. Yeah. No, no, no. But he's just- 
just wasn't her type, but she was telling her friends that she felt this, like, attraction to him. So, anyway, so they started talking back and forth, and they agree to go out on a date. So they go to Applebee's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They probably had a bourbon street steak and an Oreo shake. And, like, a dollar strawberry margarita. No, I was joking about that fancy-like song, because he goes, Applebee's on a date night. Oh. Now that you mention it, I do remember you made me do a dance to that song, in which you can go to our TikTok yeah. at From Crime to Crime to see that dance. But no, Applebee's on a date night does, yep. I mean, I'll be honest, it sounds very Iowa to me. This sounds like what I would expect. <laughs> that, yep. or maybe, like, Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just something real ethnic like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Sabaro pizza. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's my best pizza place. (laughs) Best pizza place in all of New York. All right. So they go to Applebee's for their date and they have a wonderful time. Like they're laughing. They're getting along great. Sparks were flying and they decide to go back to Dave's apartment. And according to him, they were getting kind of hot and heavy. And Carrie stopped it and said, hey, we need to talk about what this is. And he's like, oh, great, here we go. And she's like, I've been divorced twice, and I really don't want anything serious. I just want to have fun. This is totally casual. I don't want you to, like, get hooked on me and think you're my boyfriend. Like, I'm going to date other people. I hope you are, too. And he's like, oh, my God, I just hit the jackpot. Like, this girl's beautiful. I like hanging out with her. She's fun, and she doesn't want any kind of, like, commitment or anything. Like, she's perfect. This doesn't normally end well, so I kind of see where we're going already. But she just explains to him that, like, her son and her family and her job are, like, number one in her life. And she only wanted to do the dating thing casually. And he needed to know that up front. And he's like, Yahtzee, right about this time, after they're having this conversation, the buzzer to Dave's apartment building was going off. You know, he had one of those security buzzers at the front door. So cool. I wish I had one. Yeah. It was Liz. Oh. The other girl that... He was dating on and off. She stopped by Dave's apartment to grab some of her stuff that she had left there because they really hadn't been hanging out as much as they used to hang out. So she was like, hey, I need to pick up my stuff. She actually had called while he was at dinner with Carrie, but he told her that she couldn't come over that night because he was on a date. So he was pretty irritated that she showed up anyways, but Carrie brushed it off and she was just like, hey, no problem. Like, deal with your stuff. Call me later. No big deal. And he walked Carrie to the door. When he walked Carrie to the door, obviously she walked out and Liz walked in. They didn't acknowledge each other. They both knew this is awkward, (laughs) but they didn't acknowledge each other. Carrie left. Liz went in and got whatever she came for. And then after she left, Dave called Carrie and she was still on her way home She was like, well, what are you doing for the rest of the night? Like, it wasn't even like nine o'clock. And she's like, why don't you just come to my place? And so he drove to her place and they hung out. And over the next week or so, they hung out more and more. And he would stay at her place a few times and she would stay over at his place a couple of times. And he started seeing other women less and carry more because it was so new. Ah, Yeah, that makes sense. So the week of November 12th. 2012, Carrie had a big project at work and she was going to have to work really long hours. And Dave's apartment was right around the corner from her work. And remember, she lived an hour commute away in Iowa. So Dave offered for her to stay at his place for a couple of days so that she didn't have to drive two hours a day on top of her really long hours. So Carrie had her son Max stay with her mom in Macedonia for a few days and she took Dave up on this offer because she's like how I'll get a lot more work done if I'm right next to my work. 
So on Tuesday, November 13th, Dave got up. He left for work at 6.30 a.m. Carrie was in her jammies on the couch with her laptop out, already like kind of working. And Dave kissed her goodbye and said, see you tonight. And he left for work. Sounds like a normal day. Yep. After a few hours of being at work, Dave got a text from Carrie out of the blue. And it just said, let's move in together. Wow. That's a huge step. Yeah. And Dave just wrote back, no. <laughs> like They fucking known each other for two weeks. And he's he's thinking like, shit, maybe I gave her the wrong idea by telling her she could stay there this week. You know? Yeah. Like he was thinking, oh, man, yikes. So immediately Carrie writes back and says, fine, fuck you. I'm dating someone else. Leave huh. me alone. Go away. Like she did not take it very good. No, it doesn't sound like it. So... Carrie deleted Dave off of her social media, like off of Facebook and stuff, and also texted her mom that she was going to take a new job in Kansas and leave. Hmm. And her mom was like, what? <laughs> like, we got a lot of shit going on here. Like, first of all, your son is at my house, <laughs> so you can't just move to Kansas. Yeah, right? Like, you can't just leave right now. This isn't good time. And her mom's like, also, you have a job and family. Apparently, her dad was like terminally ill with cancer and her brother was getting married that weekend. Like, she had a lot of stuff going on. And her mom's like, what is going on with you? Like, call me. Because they usually talked every day anyway. Her mom's like, call me and we'll talk about whatever the hell that was about. And Carrie didn't. She didn't call her mom. She would text her, but she wasn't calling her. Hmm. But she was still posting on social media and texting Dave and her mom, but her behavior was getting really erratic as the week went on. Dave started to think like, oh shit, I dodged a bullet. Like she seemed like the perfect catch for the first two weeks, but maybe it was all just like an act. Yeah, kind of sounds like it. But Carrie's family in Iowa are panicking because she hasn't come home. She hasn't called. They're getting these strange texts from her that don't make any sense. Yeah, I'm sure they're worried. Why wouldn't they be? It sounds like they have every reason to be. Yeah, so by the weekend, when she missed her brother's wedding and her best friend's baby shower that she was actually supposed to be throwing, oh, her mom was like, okay, enough's enough, and she reports her missing to the police. Man, that would not take that long for anyone in your family, including me, to report you missing. No. So when the cops come... To take the report, you know, they're asking her mom questions about her life and, you know, her lifestyle and what she was doing before she went missing and all this stuff. And they find out that Carrie is bipolar and her meds are at home. Oh. So her mom tells them this like, hey, she doesn't have her meds, so she wouldn't be gone this long. She doesn't have enough medication. But they take it like, oh, she's off her meds and just running wild. You know, they don't take it seriously at all. Right. They're like, she's 37. She could do whatever she wants, and she doesn't have to take her meds. If she wants to go on a manic episode, she can do that. And the cops are really not taking it seriously because she's still contacting her family and posting on Facebook and shit like that. You know, they're like, look, she's fine. She just posted on her Facebook an hour ago, and her Facebook says you guys are overreacting. <laughs> That is, that is pretty funny. Meanwhile, across town in Nebraska, <laughs> across the <laughs> river, Carrie is harassing Dave more and more every day. And she's starting to harass other people that are close to Dave, like other women that he's casually dating, like Liz, and then another woman that he hadn't even met yet, like a woman that he'd met on Plenty of Fish but hadn't met in real life. They became friends on Facebook before they went out on a date. And Carrie started messaging that girl, threatening her kids, threatening to kill her, telling her to stay away from Dave. 
you wow. know, just like totally psycho. So Dave and the other women report the stalking because it's escalating from being mad at a boy that doesn't want her to move in to death threats on other people's children. It's getting pretty bad. So they report it to the police. Seems like a smart thing to do in, at this point. Yeah, especially because he's starting to get texts that were like, I could see you in your blue shirt sitting on your recliner, you Ooh, know, yeah. and he'd freak out because he, he'd look down. And he's like, fuck, I'm wearing a blue shirt. Damn it. <laughs> I love that you explained it because I know any other guy who's listening to this would probably be like, shit, what am I? Oh, man. <laughs> I could totally look down yeah. and be like, damn it. Yeah. So he's starting to kind of freak out. Around this time, too, Carrie starts sending Liz emails and texts telling her to stay away from Dave, calling her a whore. Wow. All this kind of, yeah, real mean stuff. And Liz is super irritated with Dave because she calls him up and she's like, how the hell did this crazy bitch get my number and my email address? Like, what what happened here? He's like, I don't know. I didn't give it to her. But he doesn't know how she got it. Yeah. So, you know, all these women are starting to get pissed at Dave because they're like, what is the, you know, and they just kind of start distancing themselves a little bit from Dave. Yeah. But. Liz really liked Dave, so she didn't distance herself as much as some of the other women did. And the relentless texts and emails and phone calls and threats go on for months. In a 2020 interview that I saw with Dave, he said he would get 60 to 80 emails and texts a day. What? Hundreds of phone calls. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just incessant, non-stop stuff. Yeah. To him and to Liz, they would change their phone numbers regularly. Oh, my gosh. She would somehow get the new numbers every time. There was nothing they could do. It, it just, like, became part of their life at some point. So one day, Liz came home to her house and found that it had been broken into. And small things were missing, like her checkbook. And in her garage, spray-painted on the wall inside of her garage, it said, Whore from Dave. Oh, man. It said whore from Dave. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't say whore comma from Dave or whore from comma Dave. Like there was no, it just says whore from Dave. So I guess that could mean a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I first thought it would read like whore from Dave. Like he was like signing it, <laughs> which I think is hysterical. Um, but it's probably more like a name, huh, that she's calling him, like, whore from Dave. Like, this is the whore yeah. that's from Dave. I don't know. I think we could probably go crazy trying to figure out a crazy person's <laughs> mindset. Uh, but been there, too. Because I've looked yeah. at this. I've looked at the picture of it a lot, and I cannot. I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're cuckoo. Yeah. So they would block her numbers and email addresses, and she would just make new ones. Just Jeez. five minutes later, she would have a new email address. And they were always like CarrieFarver123 at gmail.com. Like, they were always her name. They knew it was her. Michael Scott Paper Company. Michael's Paper Company. Yeah. Scott's Paper Company. <laughs> Go on and on and on. I've got all kinds of names. Yeah. I got endless amounts of names. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> Like, every time they would block her number, she would just make a new one. Every time they'd block her email, she would just make a new one. They kept reporting all of these incidents to the police, but the police can't find Carrie. So, like, both Iowa police and Nebraska police are looking for her, but for different reasons. The Iowa police are looking for her because she's missing, although they're not really looking for her because they're like, she's an adult. 
you know, they're doing that whole thing. But the Nebraska police are looking for her because she's relentlessly stalking Dave and Liz and all these other girls that Dave is dating. So it's kind of weird. And Nancy, Carrie's mom, is trying to convince the police that she isn't missing on her own. She missed her brother's wedding. Then she missed Thanksgiving, her birthday, her son's birthday, and then her dad passed away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and she missed his funeral. She would tell the police, like, there's no way she would miss all this stuff. But then she would get a text that said, sorry, I missed the funeral. And the police were just like, see, she's sorry she missed the funeral. God. She just nodded that into you guys right now. So this goes on for months. And then in January of 2013, so she goes missing in November. And in January, Dave sees Carrie's car parked in his apartment complex parking lot. Oh, man. Yeah. So he calls the cops immediately thinking like she's there somewhere. They come and tow the vehicle. But inside, there was no sign of Carrie. The car was completely empty and wiped clean of every fingerprint except one. There was one perfect fingerprint on a mint container that was in the cup holder, but the print doesn't match Carrie. So they just give the car back to Nancy, her mom, who gives it to Carrie's 15-year-old son because he's about to start driving. That's it? Yeah, well, they processed it, but there was nothing in it. It was clean. I Yeah, I guess. So then in the spring of 2013, so she's still relentlessly stalking Dave with the constant messages, and Nancy gets a call from a man saying that his name is Dave Krupa, which Nancy doesn't really know Dave, you know, because Carrie and him had only been dating for a couple of weeks. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, so she gets a call from a guy saying his name is Dave Krupa, and he said that Carrie was in a homeless shelter in Omaha and even told her the name of the homeless shelter and that Carrie wanted her mom to come get her. Okay, this is a good thing then. I mean, yeah, sounds like she'd gone through some stuff and okay, she's coming to an end. So of course, Nancy and the police rush to the homeless shelter and there is no sign of Carrie and no sign that she'd ever been there. And so when the police questioned Dave, he's like, I didn't call her mom. I don't know where the hell she is. If I knew where she was, I'd have you guys arrest her. Wow. So her son, Max, even messaged her on Facebook and he just wrote like, hi. And then Carrie wrote back, hey, little man, which he said immediately he knew it wasn't her because she never called him that. So he asked her three questions. He asked her what his middle name was, what their dog's name was and what his best friend's name was. And she never answered him. Like, did he do you did he ask one by one or all three at once? All three at once. Okay. So all the harassment had kind of made Liz and Dave grow closer, even though they had kind of been drifting apart before, because nobody understood what they were going through better than each other because the same crazy person was harassing both of them. Yeah, absolutely. This is crazy. I've been trying to figure out what's going on, like. Since pretty much the beginning, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm holding on, but <laughs> you'll you'll put it all together soon. So there was even one time that Carrie sent a pic of a woman that looked just like Liz tied up in the trunk of a car, and she sent it to Dave and told Dave that if he didn't call and break up with Liz right away, that Carrie would kill her. But then when he called Liz, she answered the phone and was like, "Hello," and he's like, "Are you tied up in Carrie's trunk?" And she's like, "Obviously not." <laughs> what are you talking about? And like, that's the kind of like creepy, like mind fuck things that she was sending. Well, it doesn't even make sense, too, because like if she's tied up in a car, how would you call and break up with her? And then if she answers the call, like none of this is adding up. Yeah, it's not adding up. So 
Carrie also made online obituaries for Liz. She would like make online obituaries and then send the link to Liz and Dave. <laughs> wow. That that is next level shit, man. Yeah, one of them said, "I didn't know her very well except that she was a whore and a man stealer." I'm like, "She's really into this word whore." Yeah, no kidding. She uses it quite often. As far as we know, Dave never paid for anything, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So creepy stuff, frightening as hell, but so far no real physical danger until August of 2013. So over nine months after they saw Carrie before she started stalking them, Liz calls Dave in a panic because she got to her house and it was burnt down. What? Yeah. And according to the arson investigators, it was very obviously arson. Like there was multiple starting points of this fire inside. Like it was totally on purpose. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, her and her kids were not home, but her two dogs, a cat and a snake all perished in the fire. Oh, man. that That is super unfortunate. Luckily, her and her kids got out, but you hate to hear about the animals going for no reason. Yeah. So Dave was obviously feeling pretty awful for bringing this crazy person into Liz's life. He felt responsible for that, you know, and Liz knew it wasn't his fault, but it's like, it's kind of your fault. (laughs) Like, if you would have just not been dating around, then this probably wouldn't happen. But then Dave's business was vandalized. Someone spray painted in bright orange across the front of his auto repair shop. Dave beats women. Oh, what? Yeah, which is. Pretty bold to say about somebody, especially like on the front of their work. So this is when Dave goes out and buys a gun. Yeah, fair. I get it. I mean, she burnt Liz's house down. She's she's vandalizing my job. So by this time, it's been over a year since he'd even seen Carrie. And they only dated for two weeks. And the stalking is getting worse. He's like, how is this happening? Uh, this is just, cr- I mean, this is some crazy stuff. Like, you know, you... This is why people are afraid to date off the internet. The exact reason. Yeah. So in January of 2014, he had a female friend from high school, like just a friend of his from high school over. And she was staying the night. And right when they were getting ready to go to bed, a brick was thrown through his window. What? So this is like the worst. Like this girl just is making his life a living hell. And Liz and Dave just kind of have to learn to live with it. They start calling her Crazy Carrie and they like kind of bond over the fact that they just have this horrible thing that they have to deal with in their life. And they just are, you know, like they just are dealing with it, which is just absolutely crazy to me. Yeah. And it's not just them either. It's every because Dave is still like casually dating women from the Internet. Right. Too. And it's so it's other women that he's barely knows, like doesn't even have any kind of serious relationships with. And also Amy, his ex, is starting to get messages and emails and phone calls and they're not even together anymore. They just co-parent their kids. So this goes on for years. Thousands and thousands of messages and emails, texts, calls, break-ins, nonstop relentless. And at some point in early 2015, so over two years after this started, two detectives in Iowa where Carrie's missing person's case was filed come into the picture. Detective Dodie and Detective Avis. What's their last name? Avis. How do you spell it? A-V-I-S. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, well. I've never heard my last name 
in a context other than a rental car company before. So I'm a little blown away. Yeah. Well, luckily, he's a good guy, too. So this wasn't Dodie or Avis's case, but they had heard about it like around the office and they were always kind of interested in it because they were like a single mom that was like super devoted to her kid and her family just goes missing for almost three years and is wanted for stalking in the next state, but nobody can seem to find yeah. her. Like they just thought it seemed really interesting. So they asked their superior if they could take a look at it. Like, hey, can we, you know, peep at this case file? And they were granted permission. Can I make a guess on what I think is going on so far? Sure. Okay. So what I actually think is happening is that Carrie is dead and there's some dude, I imagine him to be old and creepy looking, Mm -hmm. who's kind of taking care of all this stuff. Okay. Who is, yeah, kind of, I don't know what to say, kind of the the boss of this, the lead singer of all of this. Okay. But that's kind of what I think. Well, you're way off. What? Damn. Yeah. Way off. Okay. So when- Dodie and Avis take it over. They realize that the previous investigator that was on it just assumed she went off her meds and skipped town. So these good detectives said, okay, you try and prove that she is alive and off of her meds somewhere and being a crazy stalker, and I'll try to prove she's dead, and we'll go from there. Like, they took two separate routes. I'm glad they did that. So they realized pretty quickly, though, in doing that, that they could not prove that she was alive. She'd never used her bank account since like a day after she went missing or a couple days after she went missing. Nothing had been touched on her social security number. Not, like They could not prove that she was alive anywhere. And so they kind of came to the conclusion like you just did, like she she has to be dead. Like something's going on here. So they went to Nancy, her mom, and they told her mom that they thought Carrie met with foul play the day she went missing. And her mom like cries and hugs them because this was the first time in three years since her daughter went missing that any law enforcement believed her or took her seriously that something was wrong. So they didn't think also like Nancy didn't think that her bipolar had anything to do with it. They were like, this wouldn't cause this. Even if she was in a manic episode, it wouldn't cause her just to be a totally turn into a raging stalker for three years. Yeah, when she had never, never had shown any signs of that before. No, even Nancy says she doesn't know if her bipolar diagnosis was really even that because she was never known to have manic episodes. She she had depression, but she was never known to be manic. So her mom kind of thinks she might have been like overdiagnosed. So they don't know, but they think that she met with foul play. But they're trying to like figure out like, but what could have happened to her? And who would be pretending to be her? Like, why would that even be a thing? That's kind of what I was thinking, too, is like, why would this person then pretend to be her for so long? Like, we in most cases, well, in most cases, we see like it being swept under the rug. And in 2013, on top of it, there were cameras everywhere. There's like a lot of technology to track people. So this doesn't seem like the time of life to do this kind of thing. Right. So right around this time, Dave also reports that his gun is missing from his closet in his house, which means that the stalker broke into his house and stole his gun. Did Dave have access to uh, Linda's house? Like, did he have a key? Who is Linda? Lisa. Liz. Liz. Did he have an? Did he have a key to her house? No. Hmm. Damn. Okay. No, like I said, they're very casually dating. Like, yes, at this point, it's been like three years, but they're pretty much just like hooking up. Even still at this point? Oh, yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, Dave is still seeing other women. She lives with her boy. Liz lives with her boyfriend, her live-in boyfriend. This is not a serious, serious relationship. It's a seriously weird situation, for sure. Totally. Like I said, right around this time, Dave reports his gun missing, which is scary as shit because it was in his house, which means the stalker broke into his house to get that gun. Unless it, unless it was somebody, because he has two kids, right? Yes. Okay, so he has two kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so any thing that maybe one of them took the gun? No, no, they're little kids, and this was up on a top shelf in his closet. Damn. No. Okay. No, it was, we'll find out what happened to the gun. Yeah, I'm gonna quit guessing. I'm way off. <laughs> You're way off. I love it though. So after the gun is stolen, then Liz comes into the station to report another incident of harassment. And Detective Doty and Avis took her report this time because they were like, hey, what's going on? And they started talking to her and trying to get her side of the story. You know, she doesn't know that they're looking into Carrie's disappearance and all that. She just thinks they're random detectives taking her report. And they let her think that because they're just like, we just want to know what's going on. I wonder how that came to be, though, because, I mean, again, I grew up in a much bigger city. But when I went into a police station, I I mean, I guess they call somebody up. But like, what are the odds that they call up the detectives that are a part of your case at that time? Well, they saw her come into the station. Oh, and they said, oh we'll get this one. Oh, OK. Because okay. they're. They're working on the missing persons case associated with her stalking case, so they know who she is. I know. see. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they're like, up, oh, got it, my my team. So Dodie and Avis asked to download Dave and Liz's phones so they can get more evidence about like what Carrie's been doing to them. And they agree. They freely give them their phones to download. Then in December of 2015, six days after Dave reported his gun missing, a 911 call comes in. Liz was at Big Lake Park, which is just like a big park that's in Omaha. Does it happen to have a lake? Yes, a big one. Oh, good. Actually. And she was on a walk at night, and a woman came up from behind and said, how do you like fucking Dave? And then told her to get on the ground and shot her. Point blank, where did they shoot her? They shot her in the leg. Jeez. Like. Yep. That's. uh, And then they ran off into the woods. And this was a woman that did this. Yep. You know, this actually is kind of interesting, Erica, because. If you kind of think about it, women get tons of heat for like, oh, they're psychos, they're crazy, they're the nuts ones, whatever. But shit like this yeah, but we are. rarely happens. It's always men who end up doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. I saw somewhere of like, That's true. <laughs> of like the 606 mass shootings in the United States, zero of them have been women this year, which is yeah. a fucking astounding. Yeah. So they immediately put helicopters up in the air over this park because the girl shot Liz in the leg and then ran into the woods. So they put helicopters up with like thermal imaging trying to find Carrie hiding in the woods, but she was gone. So when investigators interview Liz, surprisingly, she said it wasn't Carrie that shot her. Did she know who it was? Yeah. What? She did? Yeah. She said it was Amy, Dave's ex. The what? mother of his kids. No way. Yeah, which makes way more sense than Carrie being the stalker. It does Carrie make only way dated more him sense. for two weeks. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I was way off. So the detectives have also been making a lot of progress on Liz and Dave's phones in the meantime here. They've been putting things together and figuring stuff out, tracing stuff, all that kind of stuff. So the cops move in on Amy, and they go to her house right away. They realize pretty immediately that she is not the stalker. 
She has very young kids, and she was home all night long. She hadn't left. There was witnesses, neighbors, you know, other people there that said there was no way. They found zero evidence that she could have been the stalker or the shooter. What? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know I said I was done guessing. I know I did. But I came up with something, and it's pretty out there. I'm not going to lie. But all of this has been. Okay. Here's my thought. Okay. I think that whoever this person was had like a mask made of Amy, kind of like in Mrs. Doubtfire when no. he puts that <laughs> no. mask. No. Damn. Okay. No. That's exactly what I was no. thinking of. That he just had his Good own. Good try, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, might, might as well. We're about to find out. Okay. We're about to drop the bomb here. So, like I said, they found zero evidence of Amy being involved in this at all. There's like no way she could have done this. <laughs> okay. But what they did find on Liz's phone was crazy amounts of evidence. On Liz's phone? Liz has been doing this to herself? She had like 30 email addresses with different versions of Carrie's name. What? She had the pictures of her that were tied up in the trunk that were sent to Dave by Carrie saying that she was going to kill Liz were on her phone. She even had a picture of Carrie's car in the parking lot of Dave's apartment complex from December. So a month before Dave even spotted it there. Wow. And I never did suspect her, but I was thinking if this was so casual, why was she even involved with this dude anymore? Right. Why didn't she just leave? Right. Yeah. I mean, this this yeah. person, th- this person, all they're saying is break up, break up, break up. And they've been like, no way. Our super casual love will last forever. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it was. But. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Dodie and Avis come to the very obvious conclusion at this point that it's been Liz the whole time. I mean, obviously it wasn't obvious from the start, but it is now obvious. <laughs> And they tell Dave, you know, they, they go to Dave and they're like, hey. And Dave's Dave's got to be like, you're fucking with me, right? Like, Yeah, he was. He did not be. believe them. Yeah. Would you have? Because I still don't. Well, and Dave has good reason to not either because he says that there was a lot of times, like a lot of times over the three years, that him and Liz had been together, like physically together, sitting on his couch or in the kitchen or asleep when they got messages from Carrie at the same time. So how could it be Liz if she was with him when he got messages from Carrie? She was using a different app that had a different number on it. Yeah. That's what the the detectives figured out in the end, that she had apps that would delay the messages being sent. Emails and texts and stuff, she could set them up to be sent so, at a later time. So she would set it up, then go hang out with Dave, and then he would get the messages while they were together. Did she shoot herself in the leg? Yes. Wow. Certainly. What? So she went to mm-hmm. Big Lake with, her, with Dave's gun. Mm-hmm. And somehow got the balls shot to shoot herself. Yep. And then I don't know what the theory is on what happened to the gun, because she obviously didn't have the gun with her when they took her to the hospital. Oh, so yeah. I don't know where. Th- she probably tossed I don't know, in the big lake. Maybe she threw it in the lake. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So anyway, they spent over 3,000 hours going through the data on her phone, and they said it was probably a 40 to 50 hour a week job for her. What? Like that she like she would spend 40 to 50 hours a week stalking Dave, setting up these messages, planning these 
elaborate things. Was this just for fun? Like she just got had fun doing it? Or what was the reasoning? She was obsessed with Dave and she wanted to be with him. And she... he didn't want to be oh. serious with her. Yeah, she wanted to be exclusive with him and he wouldn't be. <laughs> so so, <yeah. laughs> so, her... so she thought this would drive them together, which it did. It did, I yeah. mean, in a way. And it drove all the other women away. But he still didn't want to be with her. God. So. What do you do? I mean, if you're Dave and you're like, dude, I've been running from this crazy chick for so long. And now she's the crazy chick. Yeah. That's, I don't fuck with your mind. So she killed Carrie too. How did she kill Carrie? Well, we haven't gotten there yet. So they haven't arrested Liz yet because they need more evidence and time to go through the data on her phone. It's going to take them over 3,000 hours to go over all this data. And so they still let her think that they think Amy is the stalker. Like, remember, because she told them Amy was the one that shot her? Yeah. So they don't tell Liz right away that they know it's not Amy and that they know it's Liz. They let her think that they think it's Amy. And they tell her that they just can't prove it yet. They tell her that they need more proof that Amy did it, and that's what they're waiting on. And within days, Liz comes into the sheriff's office with emails from Amy confessing to killing Carrie. Say that one more time. Liz thinks she's so smart, like smarter than the cops, that when they say they need more evidence of Amy killing Carrie or Amy being the stalker, she comes in with emails from Amy, (laughs) which is just an email address she made up. With Amy's name on it. (laughs) Yeah. Saying that she's the stalker, you know, and that she killed Carrie. Oh, my gosh. This is nuts. So they still don't arrest Amy because they know it isn't Amy. But they tell Liz it's because they don't have a body. They need her to keep Amy talking because they need something that only the killer would know. So... They're like letting Liz think that they agree with her. You know what I mean? They're like, keep Amy talking, try to get a confession out of her. And at the same time, they tell Dave to move back in with Amy to protect her and his kids. But really, it's kind of got an ulterior motive because they're hoping that if he moves back in with Amy, it'll really set Liz off and she'll kind of go off the deep end. And it works. She calls them bawling and screaming and crying, saying, like, now Amy got Dave in the end, so she got away with killing Carrie and shooting me and doing all this stuff, and then she still gets him in the end. Like, she really lost her shit. Jeez. Yeah, so the detectives were like, sorry, we need more. We don't have enough. So a couple days later, she comes back in with more messages from Amy, explicitly saying exactly how she killed Carrie, saying that she had killed her in her own car, in Carrie's car. The one that was super clean? Yes. Dude, that's like a that's like an extra taunt to kill somebody in their car and then have it show up and it's super clean. Like, that's just an extra middle finger. Yeah. And in these emails, Amy wrote about a yin and yang tattoo that Carrie had on her thigh, which that info was never released to the public. So that was when they knew for sure they had Liz. Like, Liz pretty much wrote her confession and signed it as Amy. (laughs) Like, the cops duped her into writing the confession and then pretending that it was from Amy. Wow. Dude, this is crazy. So on top of the confessions from Amy that had details only the killer would know, they reprocessed Carrie's car and they cut open the passenger seat and in the foam underneath the upholstery was a large stain that looked like it would be blood. And when they ran tests on it, it turns out it was Carrie's blood. 
So she was killed. So like her confessions matched the physical evidence. And there was that fingerprint on that mint container in the cup holder. They reran that fingerprint against Liz's fingerprints and it matched. So her fingerprints were in the car. Wow. Which she said she had never been in Carrie's car. Dude, it's like the only pieces that she screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, which if she didn't do that extra taunt by leaving it in the parking lot, they may have never found that. Like, if she would have hid the car better, she might have got away with this. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, although all the data in the phone came back to her, too. Like, she used VPNs and such things, but she made mistakes, and when the IP addresses were traceable, they all came back to her. They all came back to her address, plus the photos that were on her phone of the car and her tied up in the trunk. Like, they had her. You know, they had a lot of stuff. So they finally pick up Liz on a traffic warrant, and then they interrogate her once she's in custody, and they let her know that, like, we don't care about that traffic warrant. We want to talk to you about all this stuff. Especially, like, the blood we found in the car and your fingerprint next to it. Kind of a problem for you. <laughs> we need we need to know more. She just flat out denied it all. They were like, dude, the IP address is traced back to you. All the evidence is on your phone. All the email addresses, everything. But she still thinks she's smarter than the cops. And she's just like, nope. But she thinks she's the smartest person in the room. And if we're being really honest, she was smarter than the cops until Dodie and Avis. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, were these two cops, were they women? Were they women cops? No. Oh. No, they were both men. Women cops just seem to be a little bit more intuitive than the men cops. Yeah. Yeah. So she asked for a lawyer and ended the interview like right away because I think she realized she was pretty fucked. Yeah, I, I would assume so too. Yeah. Yeah. So while they're talking to her, though, before she ends the interview, they searched her house. And in her house, they found Carrie's video camera and Carrie's digital camera, which were never in her car. They were at her home in Macedonia, which means that Liz, after she had killed her, went to Carrie's house and stole things from in her house. And on this camcorder that they found, they found a video of Carrie that was taken the Sunday before she went missing. And it was a video. She videoed her own car because somebody had spray painted white all over like the hood of her black car and so she was taking a video of it she thought it was kids pulling a prank she didn't even realize that liz was messing with her before she ever even went missing i mean would you no yeah but they also found calls to carrie's house that liz had dialed before she had gone missing like she was already calling carrie the week before she went missing yeah she had like a real obsession with dave yeah and what about her actual like live-in boyfriend like she she could care less about that guy Yeah. So they're taking this to trial, but even with all this evidence, it's still a no-body case, which is like, then you have to really prove all the other stuff if you don't have a body. Yeah. So Liz gets some flashy, well-known defense attorney in the area. It's one of those, like, on-the-TV guys. And they opt for a bench trial. So no jury, just a judge. And he pretty much said in that 2020 interview that I saw, that they waived the jury trial hoping to speed it up so that they could get the trial in before the police found a body. He seemed like one of those old school mindset lawyers where it was like, well, they don't have a body, so they can't prove it. Like, that's literally all he kept saying was like, well, they don't have a body. How are you going to charge somebody with murder without a body? It's like because they have 3,000 pieces of data evidence on her phone. Like, that's how. Yeah, there's... a. They got a few more ways to go, plus physical evidence that isn't a body. So that's how. 
Yeah. So before they went to trial, the prosecutors and detectives wanted to make sure that they had everything they could against Liz because they did not want her to get away with this. Like they knew she killed Carrie, even though they hadn't found Carrie. Yeah. And so they went to Dave and they said, is there anything else that you can think of? He kind of like, no, I don't know. I gave you everything. But then he remembered that he had a storage unit that he had put stuff in. And he went to that storage unit and found an old tablet that he had had like from a couple of years before. And he said that Liz had used that tablet, you know, two or three years before. So they take that tablet. And when the digital analyst guy comes in and goes over it, he's like, well, it's empty. Like everything on the tablet is empty. But there's an SD card that was in the tablet. And that was also empty. But he was able to recover thousands of photos that were on that SD card and had been deleted. And so when he, I don't know how, recovered those photos. I don't know how they do that. It feels like magic. But when they recovered the photos, they were all of Liz, her family, her friends. Apparently this SD card had obviously been in one of her phones. Wow. And then she switched it for the tablet SD card. Like she deleted everything off of it and then switched it. So in these thousands of photos of Liz and her family and friends and everything, they found one that was of a Chinese symbol for mother, and it was on a reddish brown foot. And when they analyzed it, they decided that it was a decomposing foot. Oh, no way. Yeah. And so Carrie's family was able to find pictures of Carrie's foot with the same tattoo. So this was clutch i mean they, she literally had a picture of carrie's foot on her phone how crazy yeah. is that yeah and they could prove that it was in a state of decomp so it wasn't like she just randomly took a picture of carrie's foot somehow but didn't kill her like i mean it was after she was already deceased dude how fucking crazy is this case yeah, so that was like smoking gun. So the prosecutor puts on this great case, and the defense uh, didn't. They're li- the- that guy was literally like, you don't have a body. And they're like, well, we don't. You're right. But also we have pictures of a body. So will that work? Can we do that? We good? Yeah, so they didn't call witnesses or anything, and Liz didn't testify, nothing. But the judge found Liz guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced her to life in prison. She was also found guilty of arson for burning her own house down and killing her dogs and her cat. Remember that oh my God, thing? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, she got 18 years for that. Just that by itself? Yeah, and then she got life Good. for the murder of Carrie. But they still have never found Carrie's body. And Liz still claims that she's innocent and she didn't do this and she was framed by the real stalker. God, she wasn't. She's a psychopath. <laughs> Quite clearly. Yeah. But it, it would add an extra layer to this onion, man. I think this onion has enough layers, though. Oh, my gosh. It's blooming. Well, after this, her past was looked into a little bit, too, because they're like, where did this crazy person... Like, this couldn't be the first thing she's ever done. Right. It turns out she was an orphan when her mom died in a car accident, and then she was adopted by the Goyer family and raised in Michigan. Then she got pregnant pretty young at like 20 or 22, and she left the baby's father for another man when she was eight months pregnant. And that guy was like cognitively impaired slightly, and she totally took advantage of him and like used him to like watch her kid and stuff like that. And when the oh, and wow. the baby that was born, he was real colicky, so he cried a lot. And one day when he was like five or six months old, he was really quiet 
And the boyfriend was like, that's weird. He's always really loud. And the boyfriend's mom happened to be there that day. And they went into the bedroom and checked on the baby in the crib, and he was passed away. And so when they took him and did the autopsy, it turned out that he died of shaken baby syndrome. Oh, shit. Yeah, and so there's a whole weird thing about... She had called him the day before because shaken baby syndrome can take days before it actually kills a child. Oh, really? I thought it was immediate. No, no, no. Sometimes it can take like a day or two. Oh, wow. There was a story about how she had called him the day before saying she dropped the baby and he had to come home from work because she was scared because she dropped the baby. And they think maybe that was like the start of her like lie. Like she was going to try to use that if the baby died. But then this boyfriend, I guess he was, like, pretty easily manipulated by her. He ended up pleading guilty to shaking the baby himself, even though they're pretty sure he didn't do it. They interrogated him, and he he was cognitively impaired. You know, he wasn't 100%. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. And so he had told the cops that, like, he did that, like, where you toss the baby in the air and the baby giggles and that whole thing. And he's like, maybe I just did it too hard. I don't know. Like, he ended up serving, like, eight and a half years in prison for that. And there's a lot of people that think maybe that was not his fault. Yeah. No, I'm kind of thinking that, too. Yeah. God, what a... Insanity. I don't even know what to think or say of all of this. There are so many things about this that are just mind-blowing. Yeah. There's a really good book, if anybody's interested in learning more about this case. Like, because there's so much that I couldn't put... Like, this would be a nine-hour episode if I told you every little detail. But there's a book by Leslie Rule. She's the daughter of Anne Rule. Uh Uh-huh who wrote The Stranger Beside Me. It's She was a true crime author who was friends with Ted Bundy. Anyway, her daughter, Leslie Rule, wrote this book called A Tangled Web, and it's about this case. It's a really great book. So anyway, sounds... just in case you're interested in learning more about it. No, it sounds interesting for sure. This is nuts. Yeah. Like, there's so much to this. Yeah. So the good thing is that Carrie's name was finally cleared because for three years, a lot of people thought she was this psycho you know, doing all this stuff to Liz and Dave. And it turns out it was Liz the whole time. So the good thing is that Carrie's name was cleared because she was never crazy. They think from that very first text to Dave about asking if they should move in together, they think that was Liz had already killed her and Liz sent that text. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably, right? Yeah. So it's really sad because she won't admit either that she did this. So they haven't been able to find Carrie's body because she hasn't told them what she did with it. In the fake confession that she said was from Amy, she said that she that she killed her in the car and then she burned her body and then threw it in a dumpster. So if that's true, it's pretty unlikely they'll ever be able to recover it. But who knows if that's even true? I I am just blown away by this story to be honest with you. Like there's so much to this. I just keep thinking of di- of different parts of it. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't even tell you about there was one part where Carrie sent her mom a check, a picture of a check for $5,000 and she told her mom that she sold her bedroom furniture and to let this lady into her house to pick up the furniture and the lady was Liz. The check was from Liz's checkbook, the stolen checkbook. What? That's why she said her checkbook was stolen so that cuz she was trying to use that as a ruse to get her mom to let somebody in her her place and her mom didn't do it cuz her mom's like, "No, there's no way you would sell your bedroom furniture and call me." If you want me to do something for you, call me. And she didn't. So anyway, I didn't even tell you that whole part. That was a whole weird thing, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tell that part to me one more time. I want to make sure I understand it. So the the Liz girl, which uh-huh. we now know was Liz, but at the time we didn't. Right. Pretending to be Carrie, she sent right. Carrie's mom a text saying, hey, mom, I sold my bedroom furniture to a lady. Can you let her into my house so she can pick it up? And the mom was like, you didn't sell your bedroom furniture. Like, it's a family heirloom. You didn't sell it. I know that. So then Carrie sent her a picture of a check that this lady wrote her. And she said, look, mom, I've already cashed this check. Like, you have to let her in to get the stuff. And the check was from Liz. Wow. Yeah. Dude, and the mom, like, no one thought to look at that check then? Well, nobody was believing the mom then. The police weren't, that was before the police. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And the police were like, see, she's selling off all of her stuff. And the check was signed Shanna Goyer, Goyer or however you say her uh, last name. And remember, she goes by Liz. So I think even right. if somebody did put it together, I don't think they put it together. Because she was she would go by Liz, but her real name was Shanna. And that's how she signed the check was Shanna. So anyway, there's a lot of real diabolical shit in this that I didn't even get into. Like some of the some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's crazy stuff, man. Yeah. Well, we should get going because we've been talking about this for a while and I could tell you need to like process what just happened to you. Yeah, I am. You steamrolled me. I'll be honest. Like I thought I kind of had this all figured out. Like six times you did. (laughs) Yeah, I I for sure thought I at least had it kind of in the ballpark of what had happened and um, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't see it coming. Yeah. So I feel like I need to talk to somebody. All right, well, let's let these people on our podcast go, and then you can talk to me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All um, right, guys, don't forget to change your Amazon smile to DNA Dough Project. And visit us on our Instagram, at From Crime to Crime, or go to our TikTok, at From Crime to Crime, as well. Or you could send us an email at From Crime to Crime Podcast at gmail.com. I forgot to say it, so thank you. Oh, that's right. I got you back. Moral of the story, don't online date, and if you do, I, I don't know how to help you actually here's the moral of the story if you're gonna online date go through erica first because she's pretty good at it yeah i found you a wife so i'm that's what i'm saying you know we only matched 50 percent. so well she matched 100 percent with me so that worked out <laughs> all right it does work out all right love you i love you love, love you, you too. too bye bye <laughs>